This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. This episode contains some swear words. And the film we discuss includes a depiction of suicide. All right, hello. I am Jessica Aidy. And I'm Maddie Nixon. And we are doing a exciting thing. We're doing a film review of a classic film this week, and we've brought a special guest. Who are you? My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and I'm probably the biggest fan of this movie in the entire world. So please, don't give it a negative review, guys. That's <laughs> what I'm here to say. I'm here to protect it. Could you imagine if we brought you in? That's <laughs> your dreams. Like, We've heard that you famously are obsessed with this film. <laughs> yeah, you need to absolutely shit on it. Yeah, um, well, you know, I actually wouldn't appreciate that. I wouldn't take too kindly to it, if I'm honest. Yeah. Alexi is a prolific podcaster <laughs> and very funny boy. Oh, thank um, you so much. He's very nice. He's got a bunch of great podcasts. One is called Total Reboot, mm-hmm. which is with Cameron James. Yes. If you like a movie... That's a podcast about them. It's about them. Like, famously, is about films. (laughs) Um, And there's also two really good ones on the ABC of all places. Mm. There's Finding Drago and Finding Desperado, which I love. Some of my favourite. Very funny. Thanks, guys. And then Netflix has also let him have a podcast. It's called The Big Film Buffet, I believe. And we talk about Netflix movies on there, too. So I talk about movies all the time. So today is a rare treat to talk about my favourite movie of all time. <laughs> There's no one more qualified to talk about a film. We are in Alexi. the best hands. Sorry, <laughs> uh, well, the film that we are looking at is Looking for Alabrandi, as I've always pronounced it, or Looking for Alabrandi, as mm. it's probably actually pronounced. I think you're allowed to say either way. Mm, great. Good. Because okay. I will be saying Alabrandi. <laughs> <laughs> Best-selling novel, Looking for Alibrandi. I'm surrounded by girls whose fathers treat them like princesses. Comes the story of a girl growing up in two worlds. And I was having such a bad hair day. Give me a fucker. I don't belong anywhere and I hate it. What is up with the wolves? But between the life she knows... The wolves marry the wolves and the North Shore marry the North Shore. And the life she wishes she had, there's a boy she wants and another who wants her. I didn't think you'd be the type to come to one of these. Do you want to go out? You'd have to meet my mother. Does this boy have a car? No. Good. And so it's from the year 2000 and is based on the 1992 novel by Melina Marquetta, I want to say, like mm-hmm. Porchetta. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't know if there's any... <laughs> They're related, yeah. yeah. They're related. <laughs> you looked at me for clarity and I was like blank in the face. <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, <laughs> Italian and Toliopolis is not an Italian name. No, it's a fully sick Greek name. It's a sick name. I, mm. you know, it's a, they're actually very similar, I would say. Mm. And I'm allowed to say it. I'm allowed to say <laughs> it and I will say it. A Greek and Italian migrant cultures in Australia are one and the same. 
there's in fact a saying that's like um, in Italian, or faccio onorazzo, which means uh, one face, one race, which talks to between like Greek and Italians. Oh, cool. Yes, it's a saying said between them. So we are brothers, we are sisters. There you go. Excellent. Because <laughs> you'll all kind of cop the same ethnic slurs absolutely. if you are going to be attacked. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to be attacked, they're going to use the same things. Mm, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> a lot of greasies. I get called that a lot. So. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm greasy, so. Oh, yeah. um, God bless Australia. It's, <laughs> it's going really well. Um, I have, I've brought with me uh, my beautiful copy of the DVD, which oh. I... Clearly spent nine ninety nine on because yes. there's a sticker. Um, it's an on sale sticker. Yeah. So did you buy this from a sanity? I could have, but I most likely got it from DVD King in wow. Brisbane. Still exists. Yeah. Brick and mortar store. No online store. Wow. Yeah. Purely physical media. You have My to God. take your physical body in and take a physical wow. film out. Wow, that's my. I love physical media. I love DVDs, <laughs> and I've never been to DVD King. But I will tell you, I get sent photos of it all the time. Oh, yeah. People just okay. in Brisbane go like, "Oh, have you seen this place, dude? You gotta check out." If DVD you ever King. come up, I'll take you. Please, yeah. I would yeah, love. We'll to. have an adventure. I want the tour. I want the full mm-hmm. tour of every aisle of that place. If anyone could do it, it's probably Jess and I. Yeah, it's, it's how we spent our it's early twenties. Uh, <laughs> it's at the top of the Maya Center in oh. Queen Street. We used to go there all the time because they will anything that you want to order in. They will find it for you. Yeah, on oh, DVD wow. or they Blu-ray. will get. I oh, I, I prefer a DVD because I like the, the the rectangle of the cover yes. more than I like the Blu-ray rectangle. Yeah. Closer to a square. But mm. those guys, they'll be like, "Oh, you can only get this DVD from this one place in Ukraine." Oh, mm. give us two weeks. Yeah, yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> and then it's there. We're sending an ASIO agent to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, we love their work, and mm-hmm. I've got the DVD, yeah. and I'm gonna read the synopsis, mm-hmm. see what they went with permanently on the back. All right, Josie Alabrandi has a lot to deal with right now. She's 17, got the dreaded HSC in front of her, and the boy of her dreams seems completely out of reach. Then there's that other problem. She's a wog. Okay, sure, it's where <laughs> Josie comes from. But it's, it's hard to see them print these days. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to watch Jess say that word. Will, I, I just, it's not something I say. We'll come back to um, that You're term. still feeling it in your head yeah. after saying it. It's where Josie comes from, but it's not where she feels she belongs. In fact, Josie doesn't know where she belongs, with her nonna in one ear talking about the old country and the stuck-up girls at her school telling her she's an outsider. It's no wonder. This year, however, everything is going to change. Josie will let loose, face her fears, uncover secrets, even discover the true identity of her father. It's going to be a year when Josie finally finds out where she belongs. With a hip... With oh, the hip soundtrack <laughs> featuring Killing Heidi, Spy Debate and mm. Low Tell. We will come yeah. back to the soundtrack. Of um, course you have to. Yeah. So that's the synopsis. It's a long synopsis on the DVD. for back of a DVD. It is. Um, Good work. Commitment. Do you think it's an accurate synopsis? <laughs> yeah, it covers everything. From the soundtrack to the plot <laughs> of the movie, that's what you need the synopsis <laughs> yeah, to do. The man of her dreams. Exactly. Yeah. Gives you the thread of mystery that's in there as well, that's essential to this movie. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you're going to hear a few bangers from Lotel, from Spider Bait, etc., etc. Yeah. Mm. I only watched the film for the very first time last night. Oh, no way. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to intentionally watch it without. The synopsis. That's good. So all I had was the title, Looking for Alla Brandy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea where that's going to take yeah, me. who's Alla Brandy? How are they going to find mm-hmm. them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will they? Yeah. And so now having watched it once and mm-hmm. retroactively hearing the synopsis can confirm. 
that I yeah. think I think it's hits. It hits. I think and it's a good way to go in, especially for classic. You got to. Go, I like to go in like blank slate style. You don't know too much. The whole film can be etched on you. You're discovering it as it goes on. Yeah, mm. and. You, as a fresh baby, having viewed it for the first time, um, what is your what was your impression of the film? Ah, oh, it was like classic young adult mm. fiction. Yes, turned into film. I was like, "Yep, we're hitting, we're hitting all the things we need to hit." But I, I liked how or the things that stuck out to me the mm-hmm. most was how authentic the young people sounded. Like they spoke about sex in mm. a way that teenagers speak about sex mm. and they swear and I loved how fierce Josie yeah. was like she was she has a backbone and a, and like a sass to her that's really refreshing yeah. um because that's what young people are like in real life but mm-hmm. so often on you know film and tv it's like <laughs> this watered down version yeah of young women so she's got a lot of agency yeah mm. Mm. yeah so that that those are the things that stood out Banging soundtrack stood out. And I don't know how much you want to get into the plot straight away, but I like how it ended. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to get into the plot. Or we will just jump straight to the end. Yeah. Um, and that's all we'll cover. I love those yeah. credits, those yeah. moments just before the credits. They're awesome. I do have some notes about the credits. Um, well, I've seen the movie mm-hmm. many times um, and is why that's why I wanted to do it because I love it. Yes. Um, and I read the book, obviously, as a teen mm-hmm. and loved it. And one of the things that, like, w- once I moved to Sydney and lived here for a while, the film made a lot more sense. Mm. But it was always really relatable before then. So I'm, I'm interested in, like, what is it about this movie that really looks nothing like my high school mm. experience at all? Yeah. Like, why is it so... Like mm. relatable and also like Sydney on film. Yes. It's really interesting and not much has changed. So, yeah, that's what I want to unpack. That's I would say I, like yeah. a big part of that, like why something like this is so relatable is uh, there's a universality to teen stories. Mm. I think mm. that's why like we connect so much like teen stories because the universality of it all is that like everyone for the most part goes through what it's like to be an adolescent to coming of age, whether it's like rites of passage yeah. that are specific or, you know, cultural things or whether it's just like that idea of change, like you're going through a tremendous change. I'm talking about puberty. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Your body is doing some really freaking weird and crazy stuff. Yeah. It's going weird. There's going to be a few more hairs than there were yeah. the last day. Stuff's going crazy. And there's a universality to that where you're like discovering things for the first time and you're like feeling new emotions for the first time, new feelings and new smells, perhaps. Mm. Lots of weird stuff. You can see the chemicals coming off <laughs> of those teenagers. Yeah. In exactly. You've got you those hormones. You can see hormones. the hormones in the air. Yeah, and I think that's like part of like why teen stories, whether they be super specific, there's always that universal thing of just going like, oh, I can see my life in that. I can relate to that. Everyone, for the most part, goes to school. Everyone goes to mm. high school, whether mm. it's like a Catholic girl school in this movie or like, you know, a dog shit public school like I went to. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> you could still like find like, go, oh, that resonates with me. That feels so familiar to me. Yeah. And the more specific you get, I think there's something in that with being able to identify it with your own experience, like through like some sort of realism or connectivity. Yeah. Mm, yeah, because like they're all real people. Like mm. the characters seem like real and, yeah, it's like it could be someone 
that you know and I've thought of one of the things that I was like oh no that is something I very specifically mm. found relatable is like the hot boy um, public school mm. Jacob Jacob yes. Cook Jacob Cook Kick Gary plays it. Yes. Yeah. Long hair, bit of a necklace. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. talking about Nick Cave. He's a little clearly, bit of facial hair. Yeah. Mm. Smart but a real dickhead. Yes. Mm. Met those. Yep. Absolutely. It's all about that as Had a Had love-hate relationships <laughs> with those boys. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I still meet them now. Mm. I mean. But like. <laughs> God, I think I am one. I think I'm cool and sexy and wear little cool chains and stuff. I think I might I, be me one too. too. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, yeah, um, yeah, because it's like looking at oh, Josie as well, because she's you know, big nerd, really, mm. yeah, um, vice captain, and like yes. I was thrown from vice captain, captain. <gasps> I was a vice captain too. Oh yeah. my god, I was captain of the dance team. Whoa, okay, oh, or vice captain of the dance, I can't remember. Oh, I didn't, I that's captain. some kind of leadership position <laughs> mm. within the dance, within team. the performing arts. <laughs> wow, okay, <laughs> yeah, and um, like. Not ready to have sex at seventeen. I wasn't. No. I was much, much like Josie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we've moved through that. Um, but yeah, so I went to school in Central Queensland mm-hmm. on the coast at a public school. Yeah. It was great. It could not be more different. Yeah. To this, that was something that stood out to me as a kid that went to school in Queensland. Mm. I was like, this is a Sydney. Film and there yeah. are those mm. universal experiences, but the context is so, yeah, so different. And yeah. things that I now understand way more from like yeah. moving to Sydney and having people like ask me what high school I went to, mm. and it's just like, dude, I'm closer to 30 than yeah. 20. Like, yeah, that's not a it, culture we have no. there as much that kind of like school versus school elitism. It's mm. in the city a little bit, mm. but yeah, it's just not a thing. Mm. I couldn't tell you what schools any of my no. close friends or par- ex-partners or colleagues wow. went to. A, a fun yeah. thing. I that... know every high school in Sydney and I could rank them in my head immediately. <laughs> On a drop of a hat, I could rank every school. A fun experiment that you can do is if one of these people mm-hmm. asks you what school you've been to, you tell them, they go, where, where do you go? And they say, Scots or a yep. fancy boys school. And then I, I will go, oh, where's that? Yeah. Is that I a public school? <laughs> some sort of public school where they, they yeah. do Scottish class uh, or whatever there. Yeah, they don't like it. Yeah. And you see the ego drain out of their face. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, no, nah, that's a school that probably costs more in a year than I make in a year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and one, in this movie... Because mm-hmm. they go do their have-a-say day. It's like an inter-school debate thing mm. at the Opera House. They're in the yep. northern foyer of the Opera House. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of the fancy, like, private schools do have, like, speech days and stuff in the Opera, mm. opera House. They do that now. They yeah. rent it out. Very expensive. Do Ooh. they compete against random glebe public schools in debates? And do they also pick that one school and then have into school dances. Is that normal? You're from I, Sydney. I would say I actually went to a uh, public high school in Glebe, so mm-hmm. probably uh, like you're the, the equivalent. Expert to yeah, yeah, the yeah. equivalent of that. And I would say no, we never hung out with any like Catholic girls school, even the Catholic girls school around the corner, uh, Saint Scholasticus. We don't, we do not hang out with them back then. Uh, now, who cares? You know, yeah. we mix it up. Who, we go to like all the the debutante balls now that I'm close <laughs> to my thirties. Um, but now, uh, like, we wouldn't do that. It would be more like there was an international grammar school that was like also rich, but they mm. were like we were like scum and they were like mm. cool. But I don't think we ever competed with like schools in debates or anything. Yeah, no. well, because it works for like the plot device, so yeah. she can 
have two boys that exactly. she likes. One who's dangerous mm. and one who is a liberal, yeah. arguably more dangerous. Yeah, because he always talks about joining the young libs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that has never like haunted me. Because as, <laughs> yeah, as a teen, yeah. I didn't get it. But yeah. then she's talking about how in her daydreams, she's wearing like an Anastasia Palaszczuk mm-hmm. bright red blazer because she's in her mind, she's yeah. going to be the shadow attorney general or something. Yeah. So she's Labour and she's married to her liberal Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, she and they talk about crossing the aisle. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that hits different. I know. Yeah. Bipartisanship doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it doesn't happen. And the young libs are all in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, that's the thing as well. Like, for me, it's like, it's that Sydney thing about this movie. I think I saw, I was seeing this movie for the first time when I was like, 10 years old I would have been mm-hmm. like 8 or 9 when it came out and I remember my older cousin Christina had it on VHS and she was like it was like her favourite movie it's like we gotta watch this movie and she like put it on and I remember just being like you know you know, I'm like a fucking 9 year old boy yeah, so yeah. I'm like oh I love Star Wars I love Indiana Jones and then I saw this film and I was like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever seen Yeah. because I think it was like you know for a young man like myself it was the first time that like you know, <laughs> the silver screen was no longer a portal. It was, in fact, a mirror. And I could oh, see, like, my own existence there. That's you great. You know, I lived with my mom and my grandma, and it was just, like, the same family dynamic. And I just saw it, like, fully come alive. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what storytelling is. Yeah. People, like, can tell their own stories. And was that the first time you had that experience at I that deep so. level? Yeah, I think so. It would have been, like, the other thing close to that would have been, like, seeing, like, Heartbreak High, like, coming home from school and, like, yeah. seeing Heartbreak High on TV. Yeah. And I think these are, like, those are, like, two similar texts that are, like, very close mm. to me as far as, like, going, like, oh, wow, this is what you can do. Yeah. So would you say that you are Josie Alibrandi? I would say so. I would say mm. I'm absolutely a Josie that go get a nerd <laughs> that's trying to be cool as well and is like kind of trapped between two worlds I think that was so what my life felt like and I was just like I think this film captures that so authentically and it's like got such like you know that beautiful use of language and like capturing it all like yeah. that mm, and I think because Ma- Melina Marquette the mm-hmm. author of the book she also wrote the screenplay yes. and like she still lives in Haberfield I'm yeah. pretty sure and when she go- when Josie goes to her nonna's house it is in Haberfield. It is it's, across yeah. from the little fruit shop down from the IGA because I've looked at it. I used to catch the bus mm-hmm. there. Um, and more than once, a nice elderly Italian lady yeah. would try and speak to me in Italian and I'd be like, hello. Yeah, um, exactly. and You've then got an Italian features. People would be give like, me a oh, lolly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She gave me lollies. Yeah. You know that house from the movie where that the nonce house is like Melina's actual parents' house? <gasps> So of I, course I, it I, is. I, I will tell you something. This is like the coolest experience of my life. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of years on. ago, yeah. I put on like a live table read of this script. Yeah. Like and cast like lots of cool actors in it. But I worked with Melina to get like her older first drafts of the script Excellent. to like use as it. So I went to her house, like going through her garage with her, like going through like all these different versions of the script. And I'm like... I was like freaking out. Yeah, I was yeah. so excited. Were you just literally sweating? shit? Like, yeah, I was. I was shitting the whole time because I was like, I'm freaking out. I like my voice was trembling the whole time I was talking to her because like you know you're my hero and stuff and like I'm so excited to be doing this because this this means the world to me. This book and your film and your way you wrote the script and everything. I was just like freaking out. It's like mm. one of the few times in my life 
anyone that I've met attached to this film and book is like the few times in my life where I've been like buzzing with like intense <laughs> starstruckness. Yeah, you actually start floating from the ground. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm vibrating, I'm You're floating. You're just in the garage like a yeah. foot above the ground. Like. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I can't talk for too long. I'm like, okay, yes, please, please. I don't, you know, it's too long, it's too intense. And she's just like so cool about everything. It's so nice. And like could speak so well on the book and like the script. And I would say, like, the one thing that really became apparent, like, when doing, like, the Table Read show was um, how absolutely really funny this script is. Because mm. I think the movie is funny. Like, it's a good comedy and it's a really good drama. But I think, like, when we... The way I cast it was, like, I cast mainly comedic actors. Yeah. And just, like, the writing in that script just, like, lends itself to just being shown in two different ways of it being, like, funny, comedic and silly and it coming alive yeah. as, like, a really deep and meaningful drama for young people. Yeah, it actually felt a little bit theatrical too. Mm. Like, which some... Mm. Which a lot of... Australian cinema from that time is quite theatrical. You know, you yes. think of like the early Baz Luhrmann's, and, you know, everything's so theatrical and it had that element in there, which I love as someone who writes across theatre and film. Yeah. So mm. that's like my cup of tea. Mm. <laughs> but I just think that works so well for young people because Absolutely. everything is at this kind of heightened level of like everything's up here and it's 100% and all of your feelings are happening all at the same time. Yeah. So being able to lean into the like absurdity of mm. moments makes things much fucking funnier. Absolutely. You know? And the dialogue is really funny mm. and punchy. So, And because you get Josie's inner monologue as well. Mm. Like yeah. it's, it's like the book. Like yeah. I think it really. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. so theatrical too, like having direct address kind of narration. Exactly. And like oh, as soon as that started, I was like, okay, we're here. <laughs> right. We are in a young person's yeah. brain. And we're going to be taken on a journey. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great, like, perspective technique for this film. Like, yeah. To, like, really ground yourself in, like, both the reality of this person's existence, but also their fantasy as well. Yes. I think it just, yeah. like, works so well in, like, creating, like, this holistic experience and this, like, well-rounded character yeah. that makes, like, Josie, for me, like, the ultimate, like relatable character in absolutely because it's almost the unreliable narrator mm. when you do that mm. with young people because you're because your imagination is so <laughs> you're yeah. like out there you can kind of jump between like the debate and then her being like i'm gonna be the wife of a young lnp and, yeah. and you just kind of buy it because you're like oh yeah that's the nonsense I would have imagined yeah. when I was a teenager and still do. <laughs> <laughs> we never change. That's a lie we tell ourselves. We never change. Yeah, yeah. We just keep it buried. <laughs> yeah. I just also, I just love that performance. Like, I think that acting this film is just absolutely phenomenal from yeah, like the, really like across the board. But I think Pia Miranda is like, she's so young making yeah. this movie. She's like in her 20s. She's 27. I've yeah. got a little list of the cast and the young people, how old they were. I know. I'm saying she's I so young, be, but like, I that's like know. how old I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's so young. She's so young. She looked, but I mean, she still looks ten years younger than she is now. Like she she's looks always the same. Yeah. She looks seventeen. Yeah. She looks exactly the same now. Yeah, mm. and like she's incredible in this film because she just like captures like all of that like hurt that you feel and like the, like you were saying those like heightened intensity of emotions yeah. when you're a teenager. Yeah. And just, like, it's kind of a phenomenal performance because she's also not a teenager anymore. Yeah. To be able to, like, tap into that again and, like, tap into that energy and also the rebellious nature of, like, wanting to, like, rebel against your family despite being, like, having that complete overwhelming and worrying unconditional love for them as yeah. well. Just, like, 
it's a magnificent performance. Because mm. like, I hadn't seen it, mm. I knew Pia from um, the Australian Celebrity Survivor yes. season. And so I was very excited to see her doing her actual work. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she was brilliant in that as well. Can, mm. can Didn't she win? Recommend. She's a winner. She won. She absolutely Amazing. won. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love that for her. And she yeah. earned it. She mm. won, but she also won the hearts of the nation. Oh, absolutely. She already had them, arguably. She, yeah. She's <laughs> one of our sweethearts, <laughs> and she <laughs> continued that reign. Yeah. Uh, well, all the the women in mm. the film are amazing. And the whole thing is, like, female-led, which is really cool and I think mm. makes a real difference. Um, and, like, her relationship with the mum and yeah. the nonna because it's yeah. Greta Skacchi? How many uh, is that? Skacchi, I think. Skacchi. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Mm, she's really cool. She's incredible. She's so... I think, like, as well, it captures this dynamic between the three of them the grandmother the mother and the daughter yeah that was beautiful that's like mm. i don't know any other time i've seen like three generations being played with such like authenticity like that where you can tell that the it's like it's always been like history repeating itself yeah. where the yeah. mother had the same relationship with her mother but as she's gotten older she's found like more in common with her mother and can empathize with her more just like, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm gonna start mm. crying talking <laughs> about how much I love this movie love so it. much. Um, and well, the the nonna Elena Cotter yeah. or Elena is the actress. She's just so wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, I think I've been trying to figure out like what's another equivalent film. Like mm. if you think about like Australian films. Yes. What's the other looking for Ella Brandy? Like, I can't think of one because, like, not quite coming of age film, but also that generational. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There are multiple older women on screen. Because, mm. like, yeah. her, like, spiring of nonnas, that's one of my favorite sequences where they yeah. fly around, she gets an ice cream, she's having yeah. a smoke, so and yeah. all the nonnas are like, Yeah. I wrote, uh, wrote down yeah. the note which just said, nonnas spiring and, like, six <laughs> exclamation points. Yeah, I've got a yeah. synopsis. Yeah. It's so funny, especially when you see that first flash, like, come from the brooch. Mm. It's like complete yeah. fantasy. So, so good. well done. I love that magical realism stuff. Mm. Yeah. But I think. I, the only other film I can think of, like, there's a little bit of it in Strictly Ballroom, but mm. not not nowhere near the same yeah. level of intimacy or accuracy or, you know, emotional kind of intensity. Mm. And there's maybe a little bit of it in the castle with the dad and the sons, but, yeah. again, nowhere near the same. Mm. I, I can't think of an equivalent where it was just so upfront mm. there and felt so authentic. Yeah, I think because it's so visibly Australian yeah. and, like, audibly as well. The accents are so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, it's... I'm so fond of this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the woman who plays the teacher, Kerry Walker, I love mm-hmm. her. Yeah. She's in so many things. Because having looked her up, I was like, oh, yeah, you're just in every Australian movie. Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> everyone I know in this film face. pops up in so many things. Yeah. And I'd say as well, like, part of it is, like, that we were talking about, like, that authenticity to, like, the multicultural experience yeah. in Australia. There have been, you know, there's, especially around this era, there were plenty of texts that did that, yeah. whether it be film or TV or, you know, literature. Uh, but I feel like that since this, it's like a kind of a big tragedy for me that there has not been a new generation equivalent for yeah, newer Australians, like new migrants, mm. you know, like, like you know, Sudanese community doesn't yeah. have their version of looking for Ala Brandi the yeah. way that I did as like a second generation Australian. They don't have that equivalent because it hasn't been supported. Mm. Yeah. It was something that when I talked to Melina as well, she, that was like what she found really like heartbreaking was that there has not been that 
thing mm. happen again think, for like that cross cultural text. I mm. think maybe Ben Law's The Family Law mm. is probably mm. a good one, but I, outside of that, I can't yeah. think of other ones. There might be like, tell us if we're wrong. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but I, in, but even just on film or yes. cinema, something that was a big hit or. That was as embraced or as supported. Yeah. I feel like that, that hasn't been that support there. No, no. Hmm. But we have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Alexi, write it. I mean, well, no, we, we, just we need someone else. Thing, yeah, I was going to say, like, we need yeah. someone else. We need, yeah. If you're a funding body for film and television <laughs> and you're listening. Yeah, yeah. listen to this Maybe, freaking uh, lesson. Yeah. It's called Looking for Toliopolis. It's yeah, the same it's film. The same, <laughs> yeah. same cast. It's just a fan film where it's me um, with all the other actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I play um, the little brother for some reason. <laughs> uh, I play the public school boy. Yes, that yes, is it. Uh, you replace Kit Gurry, who was yeah. 22 when that was filmed. Oh, wow. Oh, um, one of the, the The mean girl, Blondie, mm-hmm. Leanna Walshman, she was actually 21. She oh, said really? she really? older than Pierre Because I wrote down how old is she. Yeah, 21. Because mm. I thought she's like 35. Oh, mm. my Lord. How dare you? That's so mean. No, no, I don't mean in a, I don't mean in a like, your face way. Yeah. Mm. She had she an energy very, about it yeah. that was mm. very, so that's confidence. Impressive. Exactly. She um. had that high status. Yeah. Exactly. It's just status. It's not age. <laughs> <laughs> with, with status comes class. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Do we want to get into some more plot things? Mm. I think so. Of the film, like key things. Because one, interestingly, mm-hmm. like a big dramatic thing does happen like relatively early on mm. in the film because there's the... Private school boy mm-hmm. John John Barton, because mm-hmm. she wants to be Josie Alibrandy Barton. Yes, um, and they they never get together or anything, and he dies by suicide, and it yeah. happens like re- really early on. Yeah, and then cause, like, smack bang in the middle. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you'd not seen it before. No, Maddie. so I had not seen the film before, mm-hmm. as we have discussed. And when that happened, I messaged Jess, and mm-hmm. I think all it said was in capital letters, "John is dead." It did. Yeah. That is what it um, said. And I sent it to about three other people who I had mentioned I was watching this film for the mm. first time, and everyone was like, "Welcome." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Now you've gone through the trauma that we've all been through. Yeah, yeah, and it really did come out of nowhere, but not in a. Um, jarring way or in a mm. negative way in a like this is actually kind of how it happens in yes. schools mm. way a lot of the time yeah and you know un- unfortunately that is often the case and especially in these kind of like high pressure private school situations where it was like we just had no idea mm. um so i felt like that was really authentic and it definitely yeah. caught me off guard yeah and it's like so powerfully emotionally like heightened and filmed like yeah, where we have like the with or without you with the or without you song just yeah. like it's a cover like a beautiful cover. cover beautiful cover yeah. beautiful cover yeah and it's just like so it's so moving like yeah. it's so powerful yeah and how overwhelming it becomes and like you know when she's like crying to her mom about yeah. it and then opening and, the letter yeah like, and his boys carrying like his yeah. friends carrying the, yeah but exactly. yeah opening the letter yeah uh, and then, yeah, hearing the letter and knowing that he wrote it for mm-hmm. the day before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Throwing it out the window. Wow. Yeah. Maybe did... my favourite scene ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. Um, I liked how they dealt with the aftermath. Is It felt like I like that it was this big thing that mm. this young person had to deal with. Yeah. But that she also had positive support mechanisms like it mm. wasn't you know i think it, 
we can very easily in mm. young adult fiction go into the world of like, and then this other young person spirals and these other things happen. Mm. And I think, you know, and those things do happen in mm. real life as well, but it's just as important to have these examples of like resilience and mm. young people getting through things and having the people around them to get through things. And it was so refreshing to see this thing happen and mm. go, this is terribly, terribly sad, yeah. but it's also terribly real and normal. Mm. Mm. and life will get better. Yeah, and rather than the film being, like, just about that loss, yes. it's one of the things that happened to yes. that happens to Josie and it's more her, like, her journey yeah. into adulthood and, like, her building her relationships with her family. That's mm. the strongest through line. That's just one of the yes. things that happened. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, you know, it's so well put the way you said that because I think, like, the main thrust of this movie is, you know, Josie trying to become the person she's meant to become and it's about the things that push her on that path and the other like big fact of this movie is like this movie has like a mystery like kind of shrouded in like superstition and yeah, stuff as well yeah that's like this big thrust of like who is Josie's dad like what is her family history yeah. I think that's like an element to this movie that is so interesting that it just has like this it's like a mystery movie at points as yeah, well of just yeah. like uncovering these clues, not quite an investigation or anything, but like uncovering these clues and like uh, about like putting together this family history and Anthony LaPaglia as mm. her secret dad. Oh, my yeah. Lord, uh, come mm-hmm, on. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. What a hunk. Yeah. He's one of the so great, great Aussie hunk performances. Yeah, oh. yeah. a chiseled chisel time oh my god <laughs> it's chisel time uh, <laughs> oh god um yeah and well because it's like that she's kept this secret with her mom like she's mm. she knows that that's her dad but she's yes. not met him and yeah. then there's the other the there's, mystery oh, of finding yeah. out who her mom's dad is exactly and then she gets to build this relationship with anthony lapalia her dad mm-hmm. i can't remember his character's name michael andretti there yeah michael andretti yeah um oh, a great name it is a great name <laughs> um, and a great car <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got that little, what is it? A, little, a red something. I a don't little assume. Alfa Romeo. Oh. little uh. red Alfa Romeo. Oh, It's pretty slick. And he's, his apartment is just like, it yeah. seems to be at Luna Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's we'll gorgeous. About that. Did yeah. they just rent an office <laughs> and go, uh, we'll fit it yeah, out because people be. live here? Yeah, it's it has literally to be a rented in, office. Like, but in Luna Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. in Luna, Luna Park. Park. It's got the best view the city's ever had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't look like anyone lives there. No, no. Amazing. Just fancy man. And then she gets to, you know, she gets to call her dad to the school. Like, he's a barrister because she's broken that girl's nose with yeah. a book which is quite satisfying yeah and it's graham blundell right is her dad he plays the shock jock who was like yeah. alvin purple like in the australian sex comedies and then he's also maybe australia's most respected film critic and like oh. or like film and tv critic yeah yeah and he's playing this absolute <laughs> Drongo shock jock. Uh, so mm. good. But that also felt very real. I was mm. like, oh, yeah, we don't Absolutely. have those anymore. Mm. <laughs> Who's that guy? Yeah, yeah. Who's he meant to be in this oh, movie? <laughs> so satisfying. Well, the interesting thing is like the like parental pressure in this movie, like the, mm. the especially the fancy boys, they're all like their dads are like politicians and yeah. like her dad's a barrister and there's that like pressure to do that. And mm. it's like that's also where I went to school, like, the town that we lived in, we got there was a bridge in 1980, and then mm-hmm. the town was built Whoa. because there was a new aluminium smelter. Oh my god! Like they were making bauxite into alumina, and then alumina into aluminium. So wow. people's dads are not politicians. No, yes. like everyone is like works. Th- yeah, like yeah. for they 
working class people like yeah 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 it was the same like my dad <laughs> my dad uh was an well is an actor and mm. was a christian puppeteer with my mum mm. and wow. my mum was a christian puppeteer and worked at a bookshop and it was like these are the goals that we yeah <laughs> what's a christian puppeteer like what is a christian puppet um, look, it may be a whole other episode, <laughs> yeah. but just imagine spreading the word of puppetry, spreading, wow. the, word the, spreading the word of the Lord via puppetry <laughs> I, I wish it was the other way around. <laughs> you know. Using Christianity to introduce kids to puppets? That's like, the yeah. way I really want it to be. But I mean, ultimately, be that's, what, that's what happened. Wow. Like, that's what happened with me. I ended yeah. up working in theatre. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you don't remember any Not the church. The, yeah. the... <laughs> you love the puppets, but yeah. the, what they were saying, who cares? Well, because the puppets yeah. are so much more memorable. Wow. I don't know what they were on about. We've gone on a tent. <laughs> we have. Um, but, yeah, the... <laughs> The whole... I'm going to live in this tangent. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you listen do. to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, tragically, none of the fancy, expensive private school people would go on to become puppeteers. Mm. It seems it doesn't seem like that's the trajectory no. yeah, exactly. that they're doing. They're all going to go study law. Study law, study politics, become mm. boring dudes, become yeah. not so cool. But mm. have amazing apartments at Luna exactly. Park. That's what you yeah. want. And yeah. red zippy zoomy cars. Mm. Little zippy cars, little zoomy yeah. zippy cars. Or a nice little house in Glebe. Yeah. Um, well, the locations in the movie, mm. I mm. do want to go through a little bit, because obviously Nonna is in Haberfield. Yes. It's all filmed in Haberfield. They live in Glebe mm-hmm. in a nice apartment that I think now would probably not be affordable. Absolutely. I don't that know. View, in, like right yeah. next to the fish markets? Come mm. on. I wonder, was it different in the year 2000? I don't know. I don't know. Probably probably a little bit. Probably. Mm. But, like, everything is so Sydney. Like, they're at yes. the Opera House. Luna Park's there. They go on a ferry. They go to Central. They mm. go to Bondi. Yeah. They go yeah. to the cinema in George Street. The, set, yeah. the old yeah. Dendy that used to be at George Street. Was it a Dendy? Yeah, it was a Dendy there. And it was, like, next door to the big hoids. Mm. As well, the Opera House, it's a rare glimpse inside the Opera House. Mm -mm. Very rarely do they film inside. Mm. Like, um, the uh, Gillian Armstrong movie Starstruck, like, that is set at the Opera House for a lot of it. And they use all Opera House exterior. But the interior is, like, the Seymour Centre or something. Yeah. Like, but this is, like, one of the few times that you see, like, actually they film inside the Opera House. Locations very Sydney. Mm. Opera House and like they she works at a porto. Yes. Like yeah. all these things yeah. that are so identifiable. Absolutely. Which is really cool. Like mm. it's cool to see because I was thinking about like, oh what other movies do this? Like the yeah. only one that I could think of is like All My Friends Are Leaving Brisbane. <gasps> like have you have you ever watched that, Maddie? No. It's like a perfectly fine yeah. rom com. That was a big DVD in my video store days. I was like, whoa, this is a big DVD, it's going off the shelves. Okay. Australian rom com. And just because you have can to see acquire. Because yeah. it's like filmed in Brisbane, so you're mm. just like, oh, and that's fun. Um, mm. And this is fun in the same way. Yeah. Um, and then the soundtrack, mm-hmm. I want to go into because there's so many bangers. I've written like a list because they're mostly, except for like a couple of songs or any of the contemporary ones, it's all like Australian bands. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's Killing Heidi, mm-hmm. Friends All Rom, I think is how you say that. Yeah, I've never Friends known. Friends All Rom, they're mm. huge. Yeah, they were know, huge for me back in the day. Because I know who they are, but I've yeah. never been confident in pronouncing the name. And you, you nailed know? it. Your first time. Congratulations. Thank you yeah. so much. It's I tough. really appreciate that support. Yeah. Um, You've had the bulk of saying all the hard Italian names <laughs> and Friends All Rom in this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and there's The Church, mm-hmm. Silverchair, someone called Magic Dirt. And there's a band Dirt. called... A, Antenna, which I looked up. It's a couple of the Hoodoo Gurus and Chrissy oh, Amphlett. Hectic. 
um, and Spider Bait. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's, because there's a couple of like Italian songs, mm-hmm. one which is like Tintarella de Luna. Yeah, Tintarella de Luna. And then they do a like catchy cover of it on yes. the credits, like they do for like Disney movies mm. where there's a. Mm, Beyonce then does a Lion King song. Yes. yes. Or Christina Aguilera sings. Yes. Reflection. Yes. Yeah. Um, Lady Marmalade, you know, that yes, kind of stuff. Exactly. Mm. So <laughs> there's a really catchy cover of it. And yeah. I looked it up. It's a group called Happy Land. And mm-hmm. it's the bass player from Spider Bait and the front man of Regurgitator. Oh, my Lord. Who were dating at the time, like, because they had a little project. And then they did this cover specifically for the film. <gasps> Whoa. What a collaboration. Exists. Right. Yeah. It's huge. Like, this movie, there's so much, like, Australia in it. Absolutely. Um, and then there's a song called Teenage of the Year, which is mm-hmm. by Lotel. And one yes. of the guys in that band is married to Pia Miranda. Yeah. They got married in married. 2001. Got a bunch of kids. This yeah. is like, this film must have employed a third of the Australian performing arts mm-hmm. sector <laughs> in the year that it was made. Truly. <laughs> it's everyone. They're inventing super groups just for the soundtrack of this yeah. band. And they super are. marriages. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> they did it. And there's someone called Endorphin, which mm-hmm. is their like stage name. There's a bunch of his songs in it. And he teaches at AIM. Like, he teaches at the wow. uni that I went to. Mm. So I looked up. I'm like, oh, yeah, because he does like composition and music production. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still making like electronic music. I'm like, that's cool. So yeah. He's like a Sydney person. <laughs> and there's some other bands that I don't know called Stella 111 and Even. And then there's Hamish. Cowan doing a cover of With or Without You. Oh, wow. They're all Australians. Mm. Yeah. And then there's one song from a Welsh band called Catatonia, which is the song when they slow dance at the, at the formal? inter-school uh, formal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> inter-school formal, that is wild. Yeah, That's like, wild that they have that. Yeah. Because mm. it's like, what, three different schools minimum? Oh. Yeah, it's the two fancy schools and the public school, and they seem yeah. to be at Martin Place Yeah, me looking at it, trying to figure I out. I think it... I th- yeah, I think, is it, I think or so. Sydney Uni or something? Mun Place, Sydney Uni. Because when they go to the uni, yeah. when Floppy Blonde Boy mm. and Josie go to the uni, that's the University of Sydney. Yeah. With um, the beautiful jacaranda trees, rest in peace. I think they replaced them. But, oh, you know, no. I think the jacaranda tree Rude. got chopped down by like some pranksters, but then um. Sydney Uni was like. We were kidding. We actually have a second jacaranda tree kept safely off campus that we're going to chuck what? back in. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Who has a backup tree? They have a backup tree because it's too iconic, probably because of this movie. But where do you, how do you, <laughs> where do you store a backup tree? Yeah, I don't know. They they never revealed the location of where it had been stored. Oh, my God. But they had a backup tree. It's case. probably ASIO again. Yeah. <laughs> or they just nicked a tree. Like, there's jacarandas everywhere. They're just, yeah, like, exactly. put on some high-risk. Yeah, yeah. like, they we'll imported from Grafton, jacaranda capital of Australia. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they absolutely could have. Um, yeah, so there's so much, like, it looks and sounds mm. like Sydney. Yeah. Absolutely. That, as a Queenslander, it definitely, that was huge for me. I was like, yeah. this is not a place that I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a place that I have visited, am currently visiting. <laughs> and yeah, it's. Well, and that's one of the things that we really like look at with this mm. podcast is that there's so many different experiences of like Australia or mm. what we call Australia. And it's this is one that's like so specific mm. to a place, but it's still relatable. And like, I guess for me, like, you know, Italian ladies do come talk to me in Haberfield mm-hmm. just because visually. They're like, yes, maybe, perhaps. You can pass. Yeah, and I off people, like it depends because if it's someone who is of a di- diaspora mm-hmm. asking, like, oh, you Lebanese, that's what yeah. I get mostly, mm-hmm. or like you Greek Italian, then it's like a nice. It's a oh, yes, are you one of me? Yeah, um, can we bond over this thing? <laughs> I, I'm just like, no, I have nothing interesting to add. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> 
a white person, <laughs> but I have curly hair. And like, because I know, like, my mum definitely, she said, like, growing up in the 70s, mm. she did get called a wog, mm. um, like, as a slur. And she was always a bit confused by that. She's like, yes, but that's, if you're going to pick an ethnic slur, could you pick one that's, yeah. just you know, get it right. Get it right, um, please. But it's mostly, like, visually. And so I just wanted to swing back to mm-hmm. that word because I've had to say it twice. Yeah, um, I'll give you the pass. You're allowed to say it. Yeah, well, because it's in the context <laughs> of the film. Yeah, it is course. used as a yeah. slur, but yeah. also has been reclaimed by lots of people mm-hmm. to self-identify. I just hit my microphone. Um, and I think because Josie does refer to herself yeah. that way as well. Um, As but do it I. is. I'll say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say it on the record. Wog, dude. I'm a wog. Mm, well, you're a, you're I almost got scared saying it myself because <laughs> it's so quiet and true. Yeah. I'm a wog. I can say it. You're, yeah. you're allowed to. I'll yeah. go one worse. I'm a greasy wog. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called that. I can say it. Uh, and like, well, because the mean fancy girl Blondie mm. like calls her that a couple times. Yeah. yeah. It's just like. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with this, but like it's an interesting yeah. thing. Especially, I would say, like around this time with this film and like the uh, around this time as well, the Wog Boy came out, the Nick mm. oh, uh, yeah. like Wog comedy. There was like a bigger reclamation, like of that word around this time, yeah. where and especially being used to like as a self identifier, yeah, because I think like. Those two movies, but especially this one, like, speak to that and speak to that being, like, you know, being between two worlds, being Australian or being Italian or being Greek. It's, like, those are the worlds. And I think that for the diaspora and for people in that second generation Mm. that, like, grew up in Australia, that term, WOG, is, like, more almost more like a accurate self-identifier of being mm. like, well, yeah, I'm neither Italian or Greek. Yeah. I'm not a Australian either. It became like more of like an all-encapsuling like uh, identifier that would also like bring like the other diasporas together of like mm. what the actual like Mediterranean European migrants uh, communities felt like as mm. a, like a one whole thing. Yeah, and it's because... You said the because a couple of different things coming out around mm. this time, like early two thousands, yeah. because of like there's something that's led to that, like yeah. that reclamation. But then these mm. films and like the shows, because it's like pizza and pizza, probably a few years after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but been... comedy in Australia was heavily driven by these communities in the eighties mm. and nineties, absolutely, like, yeah, massively. Like so Effie, mm-hmm. Effie. Um, you had yeah. like uh, Acropolis now, yeah, and they had like the big stage shows, like the, the walks out of work the and stuff. The theater stuff was yeah. huge, mm. yeah. Really so it's huge. almost like this is kind of born out of that era, and it's Absolutely. going, hey, let's get the young people into yeah. these stories as well. Which yeah, is cool. so it's like this tradition of that that mm. then's become this like treasured artifact mm. of a yeah. film. Yeah. yeah, and I think this one, the like it, 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 it takes all that, but this is a very authentic emotional yes. adaptation of yes. those feelings as well rather than Whereas, comedy and farce and yeah satire. exactly so the without the broadness and stuff yeah. like this film has like broad moments for the most part like people connect with it because mm. it is you know somewhat authentic a portrayal of like teen teenhood yeah is teenhood a word yeah, teen-ness? I'll allow it. I won't say teenus. That Long sounds. Teenus. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like... illegal. I'm not allowed to say teenus. I teen-ness. think all of our working with children checks just <laughs> went up yeah. in flames. Mine just bounced. No. <laughs> adolescence. Uh, yeah, adolescence. Yeah. Thank God, I didn't have to say teenus another time. Teenhood was fine. It was teenagehood. Teenagehood, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, the 
one more thing that I do want to talk mm. about is like because it's based on a book. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was the most stolen library book. Do you have any experience with that? I Alexi? do. I stole it. I brought my copy here that I stole from my library from Leichhardt uh, High School <laughs> uh, from the year 2004. I would have stolen it. It's like the Scholastic High School mm. edition of the book. Because I remember seeing it. It wasn't. It was taught in schools. Yeah. But I think it, by the time I was in high school, it was no longer being taught. Yeah. So there was just one day where I went to the library and I was like, I wasn't there like, hanging out at the library, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I had friends too, but I love the library because I love to learn and I love to read. You're in a safe space. Thank you so much. <laughs> I felt like I could say yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I just saw like this fat stack of Alabrandi books. I think... I didn't even really know that it was based on a novel. So I was like, oh, wow. And it just discovering that Ugh. looks different. So I was like, you know what? I just slowly stole it. Like, just slowly just, like, didn't want it to go to. Because I was like, I don't want to return this and borrow it. I was like, You're like I want this. This is it. I Exactly. I yeah. want it. I want to own it. a committed relationship with this book. <laughs> and you can tell because it's, it's laminated. It's, it's laminated. It's got a barcode, it's a library, a library you've barcode. Got, like, you've got the name of the person that previously owned it. But also... I've got signs. I've got signed wow. by two people. The God and Jesus have signed my Bible. <laughs> oh my God. I've got Pia Miranda signed it. She oh, said, thief, return this, you naughty boy, Pia <laughs> Miranda. Oh. Three X's. And then Melina signed it as well for me. Oh. And so I treasure this. And I was That's scared so bringing it here today beautiful. because it's raining and I didn't bring a bag. And no. I'm like, I got to cover it. And it felt very similar to when I stole it, but I just yeah. put it underneath my shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it's laminated. It's yeah, laminated, like, exactly. It's a library book. We can arrange a bag for its safe return. Yeah, yeah I'm going <laughs> to yes. just get a courier to turn it, take it back to my house <laughs> as I catch uh, public transport home. Treasured novel. Mm-hmm. But she has other novels yes. as well, which was so important to Tell me us. as a teen. Because oh, wow. I love this book. And Saving Francesca. I love oh, Saving Francesca. Loved it. And like, because she played soccer. She yep. looked like me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she wanted to... Like she, yeah. she was like going to a boys' school, and I was so annoyed when I was playing soccer yeah. that I had to eventually start playing women's because, <gasps> like, mixed, you have to do it on a Saturday night, you yeah. got to kick boys in the shins, yeah. and then, like, it was really quick. And then Saturday morning women's, mm. a lot of them, like, cops and really scary, oh but gosh. also slow runners. I'm like, I don't want to. Anyway, so I really related to yeah. <laughs> Francesca. That's so funny. I, I also, when I talked to Melina about seeing Francesca, she said that she saw that as uh, not a direct sequel, but she was like, mm-hmm. that Spiritual would be um, what uh, Josie and Jacob Coote would be the parents from that <gasps> book. Uh, and she said that that was like what their life They're all in the like same after. universe. And I That's asked great. her, I was like, are they still together? And she's like, yes, they're still together. Oh, <laughs> cute. You heard it here first. Yeah, everyone? you got it. That's it. It's official. I got the <laughs> scoop. from Alina. <laughs> Josie Alabrandi is still married to Jacob Coot, the character. <laughs> they're still together. She would have hyphenated too because she was going Alabrandi Barton. So it's probably Alabrandi Coot. Oh, yeah. that actually has got a better ring to it. I mm. like it. Mm. Call fun. Sunrise. We've got a story yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's on the Jellico Road as mm. well, which I love. It's yeah. really great, and there's all this like there's a Jimmy Barnes song really prominently in it. Like yeah. it's like the Flame Trees, which is so it's such an oh. interesting and specific choice. Mm. But again, it's like generational. Like yeah. it's her journey, like with her mum, like finding all these. Mm. 
like a teen mystery again. Yeah, it's, and they're, they're all like so great good. Sydney books as well. Because mm. there's the other one, House on Dalhousie Street, I, I think is the latest one. read it. Yeah, they're all like very Sydney-focused, mm. Sydney-based, like capture like, the, you know, some sort of that essence of like dislocation. Mm. Does she live on Dalhousie Street? Does Melina? Uh, well, not you don't need to anything. disclose, but that, is, <laughs> that isn't Haberfield. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's... Cool, this beloved author, mm. and then wonderful film that like yeah. she wrote. I just love it. Yeah, that's my that's my feeling. I'm so glad. Did you that's love it moral. too? I did. Wow, thank goodness. I, did. <laughs> I no, I, I everything you've said about it being so specific mm. to a place and a time, but also universally yeah. relatable is just like it ticks all the boxes for Absolutely. me. And I loved the dialogue. Mm. I loved oh, how they yeah. all spoke to one another, and I loved that. It wasn't afraid to be mean. Yes. Mm. You know, the dialogue isn't af- isn't afraid of being mean. You know, yeah. they really do kind of yell at each other and call out each other and the school kids say horrible things to each other. Yeah, it's like, the- that's exactly. what high school's fucking like. Yes. Like, people are mean. <laughs> and that, like, trio of, like, girlfriends, mm, like Josie's yeah. friends, like, they're nasty to each other, they're yeah. dirty. I think, like you were saying, it like, captures, like, that actual, yeah. uh, like, teen vernacular so yeah, well. Yeah, but in an authentic way, not in a, like, heightened mm. Americana, yeah, clicky absolutely. kind of way. It's yeah. like, no, no, that's that felt really relatable. And because mm. the whole thing of her, like, she says at the beginning, I think that they're friends by default. Like, when yeah. everyone was picking yes. friends in primary school, they were the last three left. Yeah. yeah, and you can tell that they just don't understand each other's cultures mm. ugh, at all. Mm. Um, yeah, it's so yeah. good. And I would say as well, like... The thing that another thing that I feel like is really authentic, and I very have like never seen it anywhere else, is um, except for like I, when I saw Minari recently. <gasps> so you know the time where I felt like there's they captured something authentic in like the adversarial like push and pull nature of a grandchild and a grandparent. Mm. I think with this movie, like I grew up with my grandmother. So yeah. I was like I very, very close with my Yaya. Like, you know, she was my freaking hero my whole life. Yeah. And um but there is that thing of just like living with someone that is so far removed from your life experience and your yes. generation. Yeah. Where it's like their communication is not easy. Especially, you know, I spoke fluent Greek, but still like it wasn't that there was that barrier, there was an age barrier, language barrier. And also like the kind of like uh you know, in Greek and Italian culture, like the overwhelming sense of like unconditional love. Yeah. Where it is like, not just like, oh, I love you. You're the best. It's like, I love you. I'm worried about you every second of every day. Yeah. I think they captured that so authentically in that the granddaughter and grandmother fight, but it's not like, oh, they, it's not the drama. The film's like, oh, are they going to hate each other? And that's the Mm. whole movie. It's like, no, that's not the drama film. That's just how the communication works. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like that. You don't see that anywhere else. Yeah. Except for Minari. Great movie. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Should we end on maybe everyone's favorite moment Mm. or favorite line or something? Yeah. And do we have any other fun facts as well? I have to think about, well, just, my favourite moment mm-hmm. when the credits come up and then all the way until the credits at the end. I love that, but I'll, I'll think about it. I'll find another. Yeah. Mm. I would say I've got a fun fact. In the book, she works at McDonald's, and in the movie, she works at a Porto, which oh. I think is 
perfect uh, yeah. translation to a go, good, yeah, it's a Porto. A good mm. adaptation. Yeah, slightly more ethnic, more Sydney. You've yeah. got the iconic Bondi burger. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know a Which Porto was a thing until I was like 24. Whoa. Because in Queensland there's, I think, two of them. Wow. Mm. <laughs> a Porto was a huge part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you have pineapple on it. And yeah, and another fun fact, the Otropo burger from a Porto is actually a Porto backwards. Oh. Whenever I've told someone that, it's they do it does change right. their life a little bit. You're right. A tropo right. is a pour their backwards. Cool sunrise again. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's figured it out. My my favorite line that mm-hmm. I wrote down, and it's probably slightly butchered, is last time I got Joan of Arc, and then I burnt my hand a week later. Oh, so yeah, I was like, yeah. yes, I laughed out loud. Those yeah. are good. There's a couple of ones like where she's gone to like her dad's apartment and she's like, do you have anything that isn't Sultana? And he's like, mm. it's Santana. And I just yeah. found that, yeah. like, I was like, I've had that interaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> like, it's Sultana. Um, I don't know. Oh, the whole, the sequence where Nonna mm. is telling <gasps> Josie about. Yeah. The curse. Yeah. And yeah. then like revealing Oh, we mean this movie's from 2000, so yeah, just spoilers revealing that her grandpa is not who Mm. she thought he was. He's an Aussie guy, yeah, yeah, from the country. Yeah, such a beautiful, powerful sequence. Yeah, great monologue every time. Absolutely, amazing. Nonna gets, you know, just gets the tears flowing. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. Mm. I would say, Yeah. yeah, yes, I love it. I'm going to cry thinking about this movie. (laughs) And on that note. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I think on that note, I think we're done. I'm gone. Yeah, we're all going to cry together. Yeah, we'll just have a gentle week. We can all place our hands on my copy of the book here. Uh, And I'll hold my DVD. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, well, thanks Uh, for having me, guys. This was so fun. Whenever I can talk about this... You know that I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go absolutely off king talking about freaking looking for Ella Brandy. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. It was my dream come true. Yeah. Absolutely. Wealth of knowledge. We loved oh, it. That's it. I researched for this podcast for about 15 years. So I hopefully it paid off. Everything's meeting leading up to this moment. Yeah. Uh, we record episodes every Monday. Uh, and next week, TuneInx is going to be about Woodrow Nunakal, amazing poet. Make Whoa. sure that you've subscribed or followed and follow us on Instagram at Australianorama and like tell just tell everyone that you know tell your mum mm. tell her to tell everyone that she knows tell Nonna tell her to tell her <laughs> spiring to tune in yes explain how to use a podcast app and then off we go 